Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Motormouth Mosey Radio Show. You have reached the man cave here in Redan, Georgia. I am your host, Motormouth Mosley. What we going to do tonight? Talk sports. We've got some college football. We've got some college volleyball we want to give a shout-out to. But more than, more than anything, I want to thank you for tuning in and listening to what I have to say, whether you're listening live or you're listening on an archived episode or you're listening to a podcast via iTunes. I just want to say thank you for listening in. Thank you for tuning into our little show. You're more than welcome to call in at 347-945-7975. That's 347-945-7975 if you're interested in making a comment on the show. Uh, you can also log in via Facebook to our Blog Talk Radio site. Uh, we are chatting and talking at the same time, so if you hear a little pause in my talk, in my talk, that means I'm probably typing and responding to somebody online. More than likely what I'll try to do since they're listening is I'll try to answer them uh, as I talk. Um, first of all, the top thing on my head right now is to thank Coach Dave Clawson. People are going like, who, what? Coach Dave Clawson at Bowling Green University, I want to thank him for turning around a team that in the middle of the season lost games to Indiana, lost games to Mississippi State, and lost a game to Toledo in the Mid-American Conference. I just want to say thank you for turning that thing around, getting on a roll, going 45 and three, uh, scoring 45 – 45 and 3 over Miami, 49 nothing over Ohio, 58 to 7 over Eastern Michigan, 24 7 over Buffalo, and a 47 to 27 victory over then undefeated and top uh, and 14th ranked the Wolfpack of Northern Illinois in the MAC championship game. I want to thank Coach Dave Clawson for turning that program around, winning the MAC championship, and getting the opportunity to go to Wake Forest and run their program. The reason why I want to thank him is because it gave an opportunity to a friend, a young man, and a former teammate to become the new head coach at Bowling Green University in the Mid-American Conference, which is one of the BCS uh, uh, non-automatic qualifying schools, conferences, but it gave Coach Dino Babers out of Eastern Illinois, the opportunity 
to take over the program. Congratulations to Coach Dino Babers. He will now be going against Bowling Green, excuse me, Buffalo, Ohio, Akron, Kent State, Massachusetts, Miami of Ohio, Northern Illinois. Those are the types of teams that he'll be going up against in the Mid-American Conference. I wish Coach Dino Babers nothing but the best. Coach Dino Babers is a 52-year-old old man, 52-year-old coach who I played college ball with at the University of Hawaii. He came to the University of Hawaii out of Morris High School in San Diego. He bounced around for a good 30 years as an assistant coach, put in his due, put in his, you know, his, it, he paid his debt, you know, he, he he did what he had to do. He assisted coach at different schools all over the country. He was at UCLA, Pitt, Texas A&M, Arizona, San Diego State, and then he got the opportunity um, after coaching at A&M with uh, Coach Art Bryles to take over the Eastern Illinois position in the FCS football championship series, which is the I mean, subdivision, which is used to be one double A. He took over that program, and he went 19-7 and seven over two years, uh, this year going 12-2, and two, being ranked as high as number two in that division. They just lost in the quarterfinals to, um, I believe it was Townsend. And I actually thought it was the semifinals, but they lost to Townsend and uh, got knocked out of the playoffs. But within, uh, let's see, that was Saturday. I mean, I believe it was Friday. And then as of... Wednesday, he gets this position at Bowling Green University. So proud of him. Just want to say thank, uh, congratulations to him for doing a great job. Uh, looks like Coach Howard's in the room. Hey, Coach Howard, aloha to you too, brother, uh, especially considering you're back on the islands doing your thing. Uh, want to say welcome to the show. Um, and uh, back to Bowling Green. Uh, Coach Clausen will still uh, be taking uh, bowling team into the uh, bowl, and they will play against a pit team that went six and six and six. Uh, bowling Green ended up ten and three, seven and one in the MAC. Um, but we want to wish uh, Coach Dino Babers, who I would assume uh, is already probably starting to uh, get himself situated at Bowling Green to uh, you know, take the helm as soon as uh, the bowl game is over with. I believe Pitt plays Bowling Green, I believe, the day after Christmas uh, in a bowl game. So as soon as that's over with, Coach Babers will be the first. And also, uh, it needs to be mentioned, and it's sad that I have to mention this, but he will be the first African-American head coach at Bowling Green University. So definitely want to wish him nothing but the best next season. Uh, it's going to take some growing pains, but it looks like Coach Clausen didn't leave the covered bare, uh, considering they were 10-3. and three. Hopefully there are some returning players uh, that will take to Coach Baber's new system and be productive and not miss a beat. If anything, uh, have the type of run that Northern Illinois had this year, and uh, only, the only difference is I hope that Bowling Green is able to finish it off. So that's the first thing that was on my mind. But since we're talking about college coaches, I also wanted to give a mention that Coach Kamji at Jackson State, which is an HBCU, which a lot of people don't really know about, this coach got fired for going 8-4 and four 
and eight and one in the conference. And this is the Southwestern Athletic, you know, uh, the Southwest Athletic Conference. Uh, you got teams like Grambling and Southern in that conference. In fact, they played Southern in the SWAC championship. They lost in double overtime, and this coach uh, got canned. And they, you know, they gave the old, you know, it was more than the record and and that type of thing. You know, those type of rationales for why he's no longer uh, employed there, and it was only, it only cost him a fifty thousand dollar buyout. The coach was only making two hundred thousand a year. Um, you know, the HBCUs are financially strapped. They've got some issues going on with many of the HBCUs financially. Um, uh, there was a time when schools like Jackson State and Morgan State and Grambling were feeder schools to the NFL because. A lot of African-American players back in the 60s and, uh, and early 70s weren't allowed or weren't uh, accepted into a lot of the big major programs uh, just due to some racial, uh, uh, racist beliefs uh, back in the day. So a lot of players came out of HBCUs uh, directly into the pros. When uh, USC went down to Alabama and played Bear Bryant and Sam Cunningham ran up and down the field on, on Alabama. Uh, Coach Bryant said, well, we need to get us to some of them. And uh, basically that uh, led to more of an influx of African-American black players uh, playing in major colleges. But what that also did is that took away a lot of the talent pool from the HBCUs. You know, some of the great players in the NFL went to HBCUs because some of them because they couldn't get offers to go to Division One schools. Players like Walter Payton, Jerry Rice, um, it goes back, you know, historically, uh, uh, Doug Williams. So uh, a lot of players, uh, for whatever reason, may not have gotten a look uh, from big-time quote-unquote programs, so they went to HBCUs and still did their thing and were still found and were still discovered and made fantastic pros. So you never know what types of players you're going to end up getting out of schools like Jackson State and Albany State and uh, Morehouse. So uh, it's just kind of a strange deal that he got fired for having a successful season. But um, I'm sure there's more to it. I'm not sure how they're going to rewrite that, but I wish him the best of luck. But I'm still uh, kind of uh, giddy that Coach Babers did get his uh, opportunity uh, to coach uh, at a major program, although Bowling Green may not be Alabama or Texas. It's still a very respected uh, program in a respected conference, what they call the mid-major conference. Uh, for all you listening in, still listening to the Motormouth Mouth Molds Radio Show, the phone number is still... Three four seven nine four five seven nine seven five. Going to hop over and do a little NFL action um, Sunday night, Tuesday night. We went over our picks, but I do want to review them uh, real quickly. Uh, in the games this weekend, I am still sitting at one thirty seven seventy nine one, and my picks are as follows: Miami, Cincinnati, Kansas City, St. Louis, Cleveland, Dallas, Carolina, Jacksonville, Denver, Detroit, Seattle. Green Bay, San Diego, Baltimore, Philadelphia, San Francisco. Those are my picks. And as, as you may have noticed, as you real football fans, there was no Thursday night game tonight. Uh, my cousin was running around the house looking for the game, and there was none to be seen. So we're back to uh, all the games being played on 
Sunday and Monday, which is the way it's supposed to be, and uh, we'll see what's going to happen with uh, some of the playoff ramifications that uh, were set in place last week. Some teams will clinch, some teams will get eliminated, and some teams it will go to the very end. <laughs> That's right, Coach Howard. I said real football fans. <laughs> I still want to review my uh, NFL power rankings, which I'm sure uh, Coach Howard may not be so thrilled about because his San Diego Chargers are nowhere to be seen, but his lovely wife, uh, Krista, will be thrilled with my rankings. Um, at number five, I got a 10-4 and four New England Patriot team. At number four, I've got a 10-4 and four San Francisco 49er team. Now, you people who know me personally, you know that this has to be painful as it could possibly be for me to give a team by the name of the San Francisco 49ers any types of props at all because we all know that Motormouth Mosley, a.k.a. San Francisco 49er hater. But i got to admit, I don't hate them as much as I used to. I kind of like some of their players. There's no Joe Montana around, so I can kind of like them a little bit. So I've got the San Francisco 49ers at number four. Uh, at number three, I've got my Kansas City Chiefs sitting at 11-3. and three. Uh, Two losses to the Denver Broncos, and they've pretty much bum-rushed everybody else or found ways to win, so uh, I don't have a problem having them be my number three team. At number two, I've got the Denver Broncos. Mini Plate will love that. Mini Plate loves the Denver Broncos. So at 11 and 3, I've got the Denver Broncos. Let me check and see what Coach Howard has to say. No, the Bolts are not on my radar. They may make the playoffs, but they're still not on my top five. Uh, yeah, they do have a new attitude. This is true. So to review real quick, four at number five, New England, number four, San Francisco, number three, Kansas City, number two, the Denver Broncos, and at number one, drum roll, please, the Seattle Seahawks, sitting at 12-2. and two. The last place you want to visit in this playoff season will be Seattle. You don't want to play in front of that 12th man. You also don't want to go to Kansas City and play in front of that Missouri crowd because they really ain't got a whole lot else going on and they go buck wild over those Chiefs. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens uh, when it comes to playoff time. There may be a little shakeup going on with some of the teams and some of the programs, but uh, we'll see how things pan out this weekend. Uh, a little tidbit of information. Uh, Coach Gary Kubiak got fired from the Houston Texans uh, after a very disappointing season. Uh, I believe he's the only coach that the Texans have had in the franchise's existence. Uh, no, I think he's the second coach because uh, I remember they had one and he, they canned him early. Uh, but Coach Kubiak, uh, excuse me, Coach Kubiak uh, was let go. Uh, even considering he had to fight through some health issues this year, uh, he collapsed in the middle of a at halftime of a football game. And, um, you know, no one knew what was really going on. But uh, there's not a whole lot of sympathy in the state of Texas for football teams that don't win. Only the Dallas Cowboys can you get away with being mediocre and still keep your job. That's just unheard of in the state of Texas. And I'm not happy about it, but I'm not going to go off on a tangent on the Dallas Cowboys. going to try to keep it civil. Uh, but the Houston Texans, it has been noted, 
it has been reported that Coach Levy Smith, formerly of the Chicago Bears, has interviewed for that position. I don't know what happened with Levy after going 10-6 and six with the Chargers. They, I think they missed the playoffs, but they went 10-6. and six. He got fired, and he just kind of disappeared for a year. I don't know if he took some time off. I don't know if nobody would talk to him. But in either case, uh, there's been a reach out from one side or the other, and the Houston Texans job uh, is seemed like a possibility for Coach Levy Smith, a great defensive coach, little uh, conservative on the offensive side, but definitely will whip your defense into shape. I think it would be a great choice down there. Of course, I had hoped that Dallas would pick him up, but that's another problem. Uh, we've got our own problems up in the uh, uh, Big D as for a head coach and game management and how to play the game and how to call the game. Um, so we'll see what happens with this Houston and Lovey possible relationship. Um, had dinner with a friend uh, last night, uh, and we were discussing University of Hawaii football among many other topics that came up. And uh, I made the statement that I didn't think that uh, – Coach Chow deserved uh, the opportunity to, uh, if he was my choice, he wouldn't have been one of my choices to run the University of Hawaii program. And I was asked why. And I responded with that I would want a coach that no one else wanted. Um, He interviewed for a few other positions uh, in, in the past few years, and no one ever hired him as a head coach. He was an offensive coordinator quarterback's coach, but he was never able to get the head coaching job. And the conversation ended up going down a road that um, I guess needed to be touched on. Um, It was stated that race had an issue with him being hired. And not that I don't doubt that, but um, I think sometimes that may be an easy out for an excuse of why you don't get a position. Now, uh, and, and I think that there's a major difference between getting the opportunity for those positions and not even getting a sniff at those positions. And that's been the struggle with a lot of African-American coaches is that they don't even get an opportunity to sniff some of these positions uh, as a head coach. Uh, they may be an offensive coordinator. They may be a defensive coordinator. They can be an associate head coach. But uh, the numbers, uh, not only in college football but also in the NFL, are disparagingly different between the number of players that participate versus the number of head coaches uh, uh, throughout the league. Um, so I think when when it comes to Coach Chow, um, I mean, to some degree, His record does kind of speak for himself. Uh, He hasn't proven to be successful at the University of Hawaii. Uh, It's not uh, the Pac-12 or the SEC, uh, but uh, in two years, I believe he's got four victories, which is four more than I have, and I haven't coached a day there. Um, So I'm not saying completely that race may not have been an issue at some of the other positions for Coach Chow, but – uh, I believe that a lot of uh, black or African-American coaches never even got the opportunity uh, to, to uh, secure those positions, and that's the difference. He had opportunities, and they didn't. 
and even though he had the opportunity, he still couldn't secure uh, positions in any of the other schools. Even with his supposedly great credentials of being this offensive guru, he still wasn't able to do it. So, yeah, there may have been an issue with race in some of these schools, but I think the race issue is more prevalent with African-American coaches than it was with Coach Chow. Let me see what Coach Howard has to say. I see him typing steadily. He says, I didn't want Coach Chow as the head coach to begin with, but now that he's there, they should give him some time to do what he needs to do to make this team. His offense is scoring points. His defense needs improvement. Uh, coach Chow is a product of a Punahoka. Ah, well, we're not going to. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's definitely, uh, for the Hawaii people who are listening, there definitely was some, uh, I guess you wouldn't call it nepotism because he wasn't directly rated, uh, related to anyone, but there was definitely some uh, cronyism that I believe had a lot to do with why he got the job over some of the candidates like Dino Babers, like Buzzy Preston, like Brian Norwood, like Dirk Cutter. Uh, I think that that had a lot to do with it. But again, folks, understand, when I talk, when I speak, I am not speaking for anybody else but myself. I am voicing my opinions, my takes. You're more than welcome to call in, and we can discuss it. We're not going to debate it because I'm not going to debate it and try to convince you that I'm right, and I would really appreciate it if you didn't try to convince me that you're right. But we can definitely discuss it. If at any time you want to have the conversation on Coach Chow, feel free to call in. Again, the phone number is 347-945-7975, and I've got Coach Howard uh, in chat right now. Um, so we've touched on a little NFL. We've touched on a little NCAA football. And there's still, in the last couple of minutes of the show, I want to touch on a couple of other things that uh, are kind of near and dear to me, uh, one being women's volleyball. Uh, right now we're in the middle of the uh, final four uh, for the NCAA Women's Championship. Hawaii got knocked out uh, of uh, in an earlier round against uh, one of the schools that I despise the most, and that's Brigham Young University. Uh, if you're going to lose, you can't lose to them. But you know, uh, they they did, and uh, and in fact, that wasn't the only victory over the last few days that BYU uh, has over the University of Hawaii, which I will touch on in a couple of minutes. But in earlier action, you had Wisconsin playing against the University of Texas, who was the defending national champion, and a number 12 seed, uh, Wisconsin, ends up knocking off Texas and going into the finals, and they will face the winner of a number two Penn State team and a number three University of Washington team, or as we call them, UW. Uh, in the finals, UW, the, the tournament is being played in Washington. It's the home court for the University of Washington. So there's definitely going to be a little home court advantage uh, for the Lady Huskies. But Penn State is a formidable foe. And uh, I would definitely expect, although Wisconsin's on a roll, playing some great volleyball at this time of the season, peaking at the right time, I would still venture to say that the winner will be uh, decided upon by who wins the Penn State-Washington game tonight. I expect them to knock off Wisconsin, although Wisconsin looked very, very strong against Texas uh, and, and that high-powered offense that Texas has. Um, as I said, the victory uh, on the court that BYU had over Hawaii uh, the last few days uh, is compounded the last few days when the number one recruit 
uh, in the state of Hawaii, the Gatorade Player of the Year, the uh, American Family All-American uh, First Team All-American, Alohi Robbins Hardy, selected or signed with Brigham Young University instead of the University of Hawaii. Um, so that was another big victory to get a player of her caliber and of her pedigree because she's the daughter of Damian Hardy, who played volleyball at the University of Hawaii, and his wife, uh, ex-wife, excuse me, uh, Mary Robbins, who also played volleyball at the University of Hawaii. So it's a big coup for BYU to go into Hawaii and get not only the state player of the year, but to get an All-American out of Dave Shoji's backyard. And, uh, and, you know, that's to me just uh, unacceptable. Don't like it at all because you can't go to that school. You can go just about anywhere else, but you can't go to that school. But, you know, things happen, so, and I'm sure the young lady had her reasons. And even though she'll be wearing the blue and white of BYU, I will still be cheering for her to have a successful career, uh, to play great against everybody but Hawaii, and to be very, very successful. But, uh, whew, that's a hard pill to swallow. Uh, and then lastly, the last thing I wanted to touch on was uh, the news that was brought up today that uh, Kobe Bryant, who is coming off an Achilles injury uh, he, that he hurt last season, at the end of last season, he came back extremely quickly and uh, was playing, uh, knocking some rust off, getting better. Uh, just found out today that he will be out another six weeks with a, with a broken tibia. Uh, which which is a bone in the leg, you people. Uh, not everybody watches ER or Grey's, uh, Grey's Anatomy, but he broke his leg, and he's going to be out another six weeks. Uh, and at his age, which I believe is 30, 32, 35, somewhere in there, uh, you know, healing is going to take a little bit more than what it used to. Uh, he came back from the Achilles quickly. Uh, of course, you know, he's got the best doctors and the best trainers and the best of everything to bring him back, but... Uh, you know, the body is what the body is. And uh, the Lakers have struggled this year. They were hovering around 500. I believe they still are. And, uh, you know, Kobe is a major factor on that team. But they're going to have to go back to playing without him again. So Clippers look like still the Clippers are the best team in L.A. <laughs> Love saying that. And to Coach Dave, uh, to uh, my former Rainbow number 40, David Tolumu, your Lakers are in trouble, son. Uh, real quickly, last thing I want to touch on is, like I said, we've got some upcoming bowl games uh, this weekend. Saturday, we've got number 20, Fresno at 11-1, and one, playing against number 25, USC out of the Pac-12, and they're 9-4 and four in the Las Vegas Bowl. Excuse me, the Royal Purple Las Vegas Bowl. And then uh, also on Saturday, you've got – uh, a battle of state schools. You got Colorado State versus Washington State, a seven and six team versus a six and six team. One out of the Mountain West, one out of the Pac-12, and they will be playing in the Gilden New Mexico Bowl. Uh, I'll give you I'll give you a quarter if you can tell me who in the world Gilden is. I'll let you know. Let you off the hook, Coach Howard. Gilden is the parent company of main brands like Fruit of the Loom, Dickies and champion sports apparel. 
Never even knew that. Had to do some research and find out. But that's who they are. It's going to be probably an evenly meshed game because you've got two teams that hover around 500. You've got a 7-6 and six and a 6-6, six and six, which in my opinion still doesn't deserve a bowl game. But, you know, that's just where we are in today's society. So they'll be playing in the Gilded New Mexico Bowl on Saturday. Then you've got the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, and that will be against uh, the Max Buffalo Bison against the San Diego State Aztecs. That's an 8-4 and four versus a 7-5, and five, a MAC team versus a Mountain West team. Hopefully that will be a good game. And I definitely want to give a shout-out to the rambling wreck of Georgia Tech, the mighty Yellow Jackets, Go Jackets, going up to Nashville, Tennessee to play against the University of Mississippi, also known as Ole Miss, the Rebels, and the Motor, excuse me, the Nashville Music City Bowl. Wish them the best of luck, Coach Buzz, Coach Siwak, Coach Johnson, do your thing up there, show them how we do it in Atlanta, and I wish you nothing but the best. Again, folks, you have listened to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. I want to thank you for your time. also want to give another shout-out to Coach Derek uh, Branch uh, and uh, Commissioner Derek Branch and all of his ventures and what he's trying to do with football, not only in Hawaii but also uh, international with his Arena Football League in China. want to wish him nothing but the best. And... Uh, We'll be back on the air probably Sunday, maybe Sunday, from our new location from who knows where in Texas, but we will be relocating, but we will definitely keep you informed on our whereabouts and when we'll be broadcasting. I want to thank you for listening in to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. I have been your host, running my mouth, doing what I do best, talking way too much. I am Motormouth Mosley, and thank you so very much for tuning in. Have a great weekend, and Merry Christmas to everyone. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.